Hey, you found Rebirth. I'm glad to have you here. I'm Kate Breton behind the microphone, also the author of the book Rebirth, which you can find at any local bookstore or order online. If you're looking to, or you know the power of, in taking inspiration to set some patterns of the change that you want to see, that's what this episode is all about today. So I'm so glad you're here. The book is stories of people who let go and let life lead, which means they let go of a thought that was holding them back and they jumped into their intuition and into their courage into the waters of change and came out the other side. That's how new humans are designed to grow and change. And that is what the Rebirth podcast is about. It's about growth and change. It's about educating and elevating human consciousness so that we can all enjoy our time here. We are in this episode is is a story that I hope will serve you. And I really would love to hear from any of you who decide to take the challenge to, to bring in more kindness and to focus on that. If you are in a place of your life that you could be served by being around, and this is for women only, this class actually, Sit in Your Center, which is a class I started seven years ago, is back, but she's been rebirthed. Listen, I don't really enjoy that that's the word that's always in my life because it means constant change, but it is what it is, is what I came here to do to initiate change. So rebirth is a um it's a class to get women back into the energetics of of being in the female form embodiment and empowerment so what that looks like is i'm just going to do this small chat for you and then we'll hop into the podcast but it is a four module class that talks about our energies and our anatomy in a very practical and accessible way so that you can kind of take in this inspiration and this education about how you're created, how your form works, what the cycles of the moon have to do with the cycles of your body and how to harness that to bring forth the inspiration and the intention that that has you listening to this podcast, that intention that you want to be living the best life that is available to you and you're ready to um, take some responsibility in doing that. The difference with sit now or, or its evolution is about the regeneration that we need. So I have offering this to you guys um, at a very accessible rate to do a mastermind. So we're going to do four live classes, right? So if you're like, I don't really know if I have the time to dive into that and this, listen, you get lifetime access to the class because I believe that when you're looking for change, you need to be, you need to be digesting information that is mirroring how you want to be living and inspiring your brain to be on the track of creating that change and empowering you. So you have the class for that. And then we're going to have four online um, community mind, like what it really is. Here's what it is. It's a call for the women who are ready and they know that they need to step up and they would love some support from like-hearted, like-minded, positively focused women from around the world who are ready to do the same thing. And that we know that the power amplifies of our intention when we gather. So if you're interested, it starts March 23rd, go onto my website, use the code gather for a discount for the community. So it's 333. Um, and I would love to have you. And, and part of this story is sitting with that regeneration and that reclamation. And we do it in our everyday living. So I would love to have you. Thank you for tuning in to Rebirth. And if you like this episode, go ahead and like and share. And if you want to talk about it, find me on my Substack, Kate Brandon Substack. It's the golden thread. It's the making meaning 
weaves us all together, right? It's time. It's time that we start harnessing the tools that we have to make the life we want to be living and doing it together. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you for tuning into the Rebirth Podcast. I have quite a story for you today. And, um, you know, for, for those that listen that are creatives and and particularly those that tune in that are writers, um, I'm this isn't a great example of picking the path of your story. And if you're listening, you're like, oh, I'm not a writer. I'm like, well, we all pick the path of our perception. We have infinite possibilities in any given present moment. Um, and how we view things and how we respond to things are how we pick the path and the arc of the story, right? So I'm going to choose to tell this story as an absolutely miraculous story. And as you listen, you'll hear, um, I think a cautionary tale for us as humans right now. And this is definitely an invitation to you. If you are listening to this podcast, this is an invitation to you to take this tale and make daily choices of human kindness and connection that will prevent um, opportunities being closed off to us from, from spaces that we are out of our control, okay, that are out of our control. Okay, so you ready? We haven't done story time in a while. So good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, I'll you know what? I'll do that in the introduction. So sometimes I do tell the stories first before I record our introduction. So, okay, here we go. Just got back from a fabulous little jaunt into Florida, and you know I'm on the East Coast and it's cold and cold and cold. <laughs> and so it was really nice to be in um, the Tampa area and having sunrises and my body's just relaxing, just imagining the warmth and the ocean and the simplicity of a slower pace um, and feeling a, a currency in the air of, um, of joy. Uh, you know, as a collective that I could feel like, you know, it's warm and it's great and people are at the beach. And so humans tend to radiate a little bit more um, joy in those environments. So, okay, you know, vacations end and we were dropped off at the Tampa International Airport very early. And, you know, it's funny, we flew, um, if you know this area, we flew out, of, we flew out of an exquisitely tiny airport. Um the Trenton Mercer airport, it was so teeny tiny and it was so delightful. Everyone was so nice and it was so quick. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, I never really fly out of this airport, but I, I might want to because it's so small that people can be nice. I remember thinking that I remember thinking that, um, because I was traveling, you know, with a kid and it, you have to manage situations differently. And everyone was so sweet with him. And and people were smiling and I thought, wow, it's like kind of worth flying in a small, out of a smaller airport for this experience. <laughs> Didn't know that was foreshadowing. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So we get dropped off really super early at the Tampa International Airport. And 
I mean, I've flown before, so this is not a story of somebody that hasn't traveled internationally and, you know, all that, but I look around, I'm like, oh, this is chaos. Like, I can't see the line. There are, from initial look, I see no support, no airport security, no airport staff, and the people that are working for the Frontier, Frontier Airline, are, um, which I don't know if I had flown on for five, six, seven. I mean, I don't know if I've ever, maybe I've flown on Frontier or Spirit, you know, before, but not a common occurrence. So there were, there were the Frontier staff like way far away, but there was like two lines. No one was really sure which was line. And then I looked and there's like three touch screens. And I thought, well, that's funny because at the, at the little airport we left from, there were 10, 10 check-in screens. And the woman behind me is like, yeah, there's only three and two of them aren't printing. And I'm like, what? And when you have a whole bunch of people uh, wanting to travel with lack of clarity and lines are growing, it gets super chaotic really quickly, right? And there was this one delightful person that um, I just knew she wasn't wearing a frontier uh, um, uniform, you know, so she was working for the Tampa Bay and she was trying to be really friendly about it. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm pausing because I'm like, what do I want to say? I sort of trusted that as a paid client of an airline, there was a modicum of um, care. So I made sure everything wasn't, it was lined up, but as I was like four rows away from the counter, when they started to say Trenton and other um, hand, which is where our destination was, and other hands were raising, I just thought, you know, like, well, I'm not going to be the person that pushes in front of other people. I'm not going to be, you know, like. Clearly, everyone here is feeling nervous. There were two flights to Trenton and to Dallas that were leaving soon, you know, because I'd been there waiting for an hour and um, getting a little nervous. But I thought, well, clearly we're at an airport and clearly they, they want to get people on the plane. So I'll just, you know, wait patiently. But the tone of the air started to change. So I grabbed my suntan and the luggage and I got further to the front. And the next person that was served for Trenton I heard the the attendant say, you're the last person getting on the plane. And I look behind me and there's like over a hundred people. And the nice airport lady that worked for Tampa airport says to a frontier attendant, Harry, you've got over a hundred people here. They're not going to get on their flight. And he shrugs his shoulders. And I quickly realize. I had made an assumption of customer service that no, that I was the only one that was participating in. So then I'm up next and the woman says, there's nothing I can do. They've closed the booking from upstairs. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, my flight doesn't leave for 40 minutes. She's like, there's nothing I can do. The man is starting to have an altercation with another customer who's now realizing probably the same thing that we waited in a line thinking that we were going to be served. And now they are just starting to call other flights. And I still not totally assertive for myself. This is important in the, you know, for those of you like stories, like in the Joseph Campbell arc (laughs) of the journey, right. Of the hero and the heroine's journey, although the heroine's journey is slightly different of the the hero's journey. I step away. And start to accept that nothing can be done. 
make a quick phone call. I realize, you know, I'm on it. I'm looking to fly into a very small airport. I could be stuck here all day. It could be till tomorrow. We're, you know, all of the things you start to realize. And then I remember that the people in front of us in this line, so I'm back flashing, the people in front of us in this line were very calm and they were on a flight that was leaving sooner. And they very quietly walked past me with boarding tickets in their hand and started running. And I looked at the attendant that they had been with and there was a, there was a gap. And I walked up and it was a third person I hadn't talked to before. And she said, Are you, I said, could you, I looked at her. Here's, here's, I want you to lean into this moment. I wasn't angry. And I've reflected back on this because I don't know if you know me personally, but I can get a little fiery. There was a stillness inside. And I looked at her, although I had panic, I'm not telling you I was not panicked. I'm just reflecting on this one, like panning the camera into this one moment. I looked at her and I said, can you please get me and my son on our flight? And here's what happened. She looked me in the eye. And I saw, because this is what humans have, right? This is what we all have. I saw the light in her eyes make a decision. She grabbed our bag, looked to the side to the other two attendants that are turning people, actively turning people away. She starts click clacking on the computer. She puts her boarding passes. She leans to me and she says, you better run took my bag and I grabbed my son's hand and we started running, literally running Got on the tram or the monorail thing, got to security. Okay. <clears throat> so I look at my son and I'm like, okay, you know, he said, mom, are we going to get on the plane? I said, you got to see it in your eyes. You got to see yourself getting on the plane, bubs. You got it. We're going to get on the plane. And I'll be honest with you. I said to him, tell your angels, hold the gate. <laughs> And I encourage you to do this too. You know, we, we have support. We have, uh, uh, um, we have support. Doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. We have support. So I said, Bubs, you guys, tell your angels, you know, see your angels hold, getting us on that plane, you know, get them, get them at the gate. He said, okay, mom. So I come around the corner. I don't know the Tampa. I don't think I've ever flown in that airport before. I, I didn't, I knew there were going to be, we hadn't gone through security yet. And I knew there was going to be a line. I had no idea. Reminded me of the Atlanta airport. I had no idea the size of the line that we were in for. And um, we come around and I uh, I realize that if I fall back, we're not going to make it. Like I can't doubt. Okay. So I still err on the side up. I've been I've uh, uh, lovingly, I'm not saying this disparagingly. I'm just saying this uh, uh, for those that are new here, um, objectively, you know, I, I went to, I uh, was raised in a, a home where there were like rules and respect, meaning like I kind of, I was also raised in a Catholic school, which if, if you've had that experience, there's a lot of discipline and like you go through correct protocol, you know, this is the hierarchy of order. So that pattern is still um, imprinted in me. And so even with what I just went through, I thought, oh, I'll get the attention of a TSA person and they'll help me, you know, like clearly little kid flights leaving in 20 minutes, you know, like, you know, I'm not assuming um, that I am better than anyone else in line. I just know that my flight is leaving in like 18 minutes at that point. So <clears throat> I go close and there's two TSA people and the one person comes running up and he goes, ma'am. And I, you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm just trying to, and explain to him, I don't have to explain to you again. And he looks at me and he says, everybody wants to get on their flight. 
and grabbed, and took my son's hand and turned. Now, what I saw in the corner of my eye, which meant, which was his way of saying too bad. Okay. What I saw in the corner of my eye though, is that the person standing next to him looked at him like, basically I saw him say we should help her. And the guy shook his head like, too bad, you know, it's too bad. It's just too bad. So there's two currencies there, right? There's two frequencies, right? There's the one that wants to help and the one that doesn't. Now I'm doing all of this with a five-year-old, okay? <clears throat> so I say to my son, okay, they're not going to help us. So we need to look for the kind people. Thank you, Fred Rogers. We need to look for the kind people, bubs. We're going we're gonna to ask people and people are going to help us through. So I walk up to the middle of the zigzag and I say very loudly, I need help. My son and I need to get on our plane was anybody willing to let us go ahead? Most people keep their heads down. Uh, one man who I don't know, he's from New York, but I'm a storyteller. So I would describe him as like somebody from like, like the Bronx. <clears throat> he looks at me, gatekeeper, okay? Gatekeeper, if you know Joseph Campbell. What happened, right? So it's like, I respect him. He's like, you know, who, who's no, I could just be some frenetic woman, you know? And he said, what happened? And I retell the story. And as I tell the story, somebody else that has made it through from downstairs is coming up saying, I need to make my flight. Now they see two very different women in age and ethnicity in um, demeanor, both telling the same story. So the man that I'm slotting from, from, from Brooklyn looks, you can go in front of me. So you and your son can go in front of me. And the man behind him starts to make a noise like, and then the, the, the Brooklyn gatekeeper, the Bronx gatekeeper looks at him and says, I said, she can go in front of me. He goes, ask others. So I just keep repeating our story. I need help. And you, I want to tell you the way was parted for us through the masculine. It was all men of, of different ethnicities that some who English was not their first language. Okay. I think this is important to the story because we're in this current currency of a story of looking for help of the balance of humanity. It is the yin and yang of us. It is the difference and the similarity of us that we need to steward. So we have to have three different people help us. And then as we're coming around that style, another man says to me, and I know this might be controversial, but I'm saying it because this is part of the story. And he goes, you know, they're, they're willing to help everyone, but they're not willing to help Americans. And I realize this whole wave of people that are hearing these two women asking for help. The truth is we're all here on this land looking to get through. Okay. So I smile at him and then I get to the last part and I realize that there is now a, probably a sea of 50 that are splitting to do into, to actually get through the security, you know, where you put your luggage on or whatever. And I realize I can't ask anymore. I just have to dive in for it. I grab my son's hand. We go underneath the um, security, like the, that little expandable, you know, it looks like a seatbelt situation. We just go, I don't even ask anymore. Cause at this point, like a lot of people have heard me and they're either interested or not interested. So I'm no longer gatekeeping. I'm no longer meeting the gatekeepers. I just have to, to, to just know like you do, like with whatever you're navigating right now, you just have to get to that part where the, the last gate is internal. 
and just grab my suntan and we went under and when it's almost like water, right? So that we come up, I'm in front of a woman and I turn to her to apologize like to say, and I turn, I look at her and her face is, she just says, she puts her hands up, like, just go. Like, like she had witnessed it. The last gatekeeper wasn't even verbal. She helped me get my bags on. We zip through <laughs> the security guy goes through my bag. And I thought, oh, like, is this going to be the thing that stops us? And then my son starts to say, mom, be brave. And he starts this repetitive thing that I say to him, I'm going to keep for him, you know, about be brave, be brave and start to name the characteristics of animals that we know, you know? And um, so now he has joined in and I look at him and I'm like, he's watching this whole thing. He's not crying. He could have, he, he, he's not, you know, I could tell he's a little nervous, right. But he has now summoned inside of himself, the call of the traits of fortitude and bravery we grab our bags and we start running to the gate and I hear Trenton hasn't left yet. It is another person. Now this is the third person that had to duck and find their own way. And I look at her and she smiles. She goes, you made it. There is so much power in the human family. Let's be one of those that when the call comes for help, we recognize it and we participate in it. And I am not saying, oh, mm, and I'm talking the negative to you. I am saying that was a frequency that was weaving. And here's the funny thing. When we made it through, I turned around and the woman that was on a different flight that was standing next to me for a nanosecond when we arrived, we looked at each other and I thought, there's no coincidences here. This story is not, I could, now here's my pause. I could have told this story very differently, couldn't I? I could have lambasted everyone and told you how horrible, right? I could have chosen the path of perception of what was done wrong. Would I have made my flight? When they talk about taking responsibility, we got onto the plane. And I thought, well, they're not going to say that we're having a very full fight. And I kept looking for the seats that were empty. And my son and I started, I'll just be totally transparent. To so say the prayers, I said prayers for the woman that chose to be kind. I can still see that decision in her eyes, the light in her eyes. And prayers of gratitude and, and prayers for those who didn't make their flight, you know. And as I sat on the plane, I reflected because I one of the, the elements that I'm working with is fire, where I have too much fire and where I have no fire where I have too much fire, frustration, and not enough fire of will. And I reflected back, and that's why I'm telling the story this way. I thought, you know, when it came to the moment, I didn't click in to the tools that it would have burned the opportunity, but I harnessed the elements that moved us through. And I thought I was, I, this is, this is mindfulness practices, right? This is contemplation where you go back and sometimes you got to go back and look at what you did and say, oh, I did not do that right. You know, there's plenty of times in the past couple of years that I have had to look back and thought <clears throat> I did not handle that in the way that I believe, or I did not handle that in my best self. And I do that. That's one of my practices. Uh, it was also, I'm saying this as a, as a resource for you, Neville Goddard. I don't know who's the first. I'm just 
telling you where he had a practice about where when you go to bed at night, you go backwards to what you've done. And then you realize very quickly that you can't actually remember many of your actions. Like you think you'll be able to go back through the whole day, but you realize there's, there's major gaps, things you can't remember. Um, and he was saying how, like, <clears throat> then a lot of people of different esoteric, uh, and, um, holistically minded people will tell you, you, know, you can go back to events and re re rework them and envision how you would have done it differently so that when the next opportunity comes, you have an imprint of a different practice. And so, you know, we had two and a half hours on a plane and I went back through and that's when I realized when well, we made it. So what is the gift and the grace in this for me? How am I going to carry this story forward? And all I kept thinking of was all of the people, all of the people who decided to help all of the people who decided not to help and who was I going to focus on and who was I going to be? I'm not an astrologer, fascinated by astrology and looking forward to studying more of it. But the energies right now are lining up for all of us who have felt held back. We have this period, if you're listening, and I believe everything is timeless. So whenever you're listening is great, but we have this window of moving through and the fire coming in Mars of action to move us in. And it's like, we had a major, we're having a major change of Saturn into Pisces. Like, you know, I don't, again, I'm not an astrologer. So you, you want to go to places that can tell you more about that with certainty, if that is something you're interested in, because I definitely don't want to misguide you, but I am paying attention to currencies of movement and frequency. And I'm like, okay, I was in a liminal space traveling from one to the other. Life is telling me, you know, if you want to get through, then move from your center, choose to see where you want to be, speak up for what you need and do it humbly. Bank, count, call forth the kindness of humans. It's time. We've had a crazy few years and something is afoot that wants to tell us that we aren't kind. We don't understand, but we do. We do. If we choose to emanate from that and we choose to stay connected to the divine spark within, then, then for me, I, I'm looking to modulate that flame. Let it burn for will. Let it call forth in the certainty that is needed and let it, let it tone down a little bit in the frustration and the need to focus on what is wrong. I'm not calling for ostriches though. Don't bury your head in the sands. Don't bury your head in the sand. But um, I'm still reading uh, How to Know Higher Worlds by Rudolf Steiner. And, you know, I came home and, and, he, and he was saying about those that are cultivating a spiritual life. Excuse me. It is absolutely imperative that they only place their focus consciously on that which they want to create. And I thought, yeah, that is the calling card for this new period of time for me, and perhaps for you, that, okay, make yourself available to all that you need to know, and then take responsibility of feeding your mind that which you want to see. And together, we'll get through. We'll arrive, and we'll have enough strength to be the ones that help the others to come out the other side.
I really would love to know what you think about this. Um, I write at Substack. So you can go to Kate Breton's Substack. I'm going to be writing this story as well. Um, share with me your story there. I was thinking about how kindness is really the frequency, you know, kind because kindness is a choice, right? So we have activation of our will and a possession of certain moral codes that we want to implement and create to make available freedom for all, right? Those people all decided to, to help. They decided. I didn't scream. I just stated. I stated humbly, I need your help. And clearly, there's tremendous power in that. So I was thinking about like, you know, my mind jumps to like, oh, we should do like a hundred days of kindness. I'm like, do we need another activity? Do I need another hashtag? Or I just want to invite you who is listening right now. Let's look for kindness. Let's amplify kindness. And let's, let's bring that flavor, that frequency back into the forefront of human expression. I really appreciate you listening. And for those wondering, I am absolutely writing a letter to Frontier Airlines and letting them know. <laughs> so kindness is also sovereignty and having clear expectations and communication. Um, but I can do it kindly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys being here. Share this podcast, share your kindness and stay in your courage because we need it. Thank you for tuning into the Rebirth Podcast. If you enjoy these stories and ingesting inspiration because you understand that what you bring into your field magnifies your field, go on over to Amazon and click on Rebirth, the book, and bring it into your home and share it with your community.